0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is produced, the Wajak Noongar people, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Medium Health Podcast. Hi, Craig. How are you going? Good,
0: thanks, Courtney. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, We have a very intriguing and fascinating conversation coming up for everyone to listen to. Uh, In this episode, we have uh, James, Gail, and Jasmine from uh, the Live Lighter campaign, uh, which is part of the Cancer Council, Uh, and they came to talk to us about their, their latest campaign, which they've, I guess, termed the menu app campaign. Yeah. But they don't really have a community name for it. Uh, but there's basically a bunch of ads coming out about toxic fat and um, junk food and uh, all the different types of cancers that you could potentially get because of uh, this toxic fat. So they've got some new mm. ads and they wanted to talk to us about it today, they which is yeah. really
0: cool. Yeah, so they're, just, they're looking to create awareness about the ease of, purchasing junk food through your phone and that that sort of food shouldn't become everyday food.
1: Exactly, is which is saying. so relatable. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I've definitely uh, increased my spending on menu apps like that recently and it's not great, so definitely a relatable yeah. word verse. yeah.
0: I mean, during the COVID lockdowns and whatnot over the last 12 months, there were yeah. various state and federal leaders that would have encouraged people to use these apps exactly. at different times when they were saying don't leave that's your house. That's
1: right, yeah, that's exactly so it. I think
0: the timing is impeccable and, um, yeah, it's a really relevant campaign.
1: Yeah, so have a listen to this conversation. It's, it's really fun and uh, interesting and it's good to see kind of all the ins and outs about forming these kinds of campaigns.
0: Yeah, but we probably should get on to having a chat about what yeah. we're here for. So, yeah. um, very pleased to be able to welcome James, Go and Jasmine to the podcast from the Cancer Council. Thanks Thank for you you very much. much. Yeah, just um, j- Do you guys just want to give a brief individual intro, just so people know who you are and what you do at Cancer Council?
2: Yep, so I'm James Stevens-Cutler. I'm the Live Lighter Campaign Coordinator at Cancer Council WA. I've been at Live Lighter for, I think, roughly two and a half years now, and my primary role is coordinating the paid media side of things. So that's all the ads that the general public will see while they're out and about or watching any of their various screens.
3: Um, so my name is Gail Myers. I um, have, I do quite a few different things on the campaign. My background is as a dietitian, um, so a lot of the kind of nutrition technical side of things. So um, I provide advice to the team um, and when kind of things come up, um, provide advice around that. Um, I run a lot of the resources um and website content and um you know media content and blogs and things like that so a lot of writing um
4: and then I also manage the website which is quite a fun part of my job as well mm.
0: <laughs> very good
4: um, my name is Jasmine and I am the Live Project Officer. So my job really is to manage the social accounts um, and I also coordinate um, the media between our internal team and external team as well. Um, and I also coordinate areas where we have to work with our Victorian team um, as well as our WA team. So my role is a, a little bit different because it is specific to socials. But it also has other aspects of um, little bits and pieces that I do, kind of a a bit of everything. Well.
3: <laughs> I think I think Jazz has started a Live Lighter social media empire. I think we had oh, just yes. Facebook when we started, maybe, and YouTube. And yeah. now we
4: have Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest. You guys have
3: TikTok? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so good. I had to get
4: <laughs> yeah. TikTok. Yeah. 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 And I obviously guess. the first thing you need to know about socials is you need to keep on trend, you need to keep up with the times, <clears> and it's always changing. So the only way to reach audiences where you necessarily wouldn't reach them is through socials. Yeah. And with not-for-profits, that goes a really long way. You you don't have to have money or assets behind you. You can create content on your phone. So, yeah, for me, it's really exciting to extend that reach of the campaign in that area because it's quite new and it's actually fun as well. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Just before we get into the nitty-gritty of this campaign, (laughs) you mentioned internal and external marketing. Um, Or promotion. I I can't remember the exact term you use. Do you want to just explain what that what that is and how they interact?
4: Yes, yes. Yeah. So it kind of goes through a triage system where, um, you know, we'll get together with the team, uh, discuss ideas on media stories or angles that we do want to explore, and then we will uh, present them to the media team and then have a bigger discussion. Sometimes we also include the Victorian team to get on board and then we'll coordinate a planned, um, I guess, media launch or release. And then from there, we then pass it on to our internal media team. And then what they do is they'll pitch to the media, um, try to get in at least community news, the radio. Sometimes if we're lucky, we'll get on Channel 9, the big stations. And then, um, yeah, it'll, it that's kind of how it works. But there is a process to how we get to the final end. Mm. So what you see on TV is the end product, but there's so much more behind the scenes that actually goes into creating media from our campaigns. Yeah,
2: just to interrupt a second there, Jazz Jazz's, her primary role in that media space is non-paid media. So that's PR media, news media. So Jazz works very closely with our <laughs> media team, which is basically our PR team. And then they are also working closely with the Cancer Council of Victoria media team. In that case, again, the PR team. So they're working behind the scenes on um, media releases for radio, TV, news, which kind of sits aside from, although works in, in a complementary fashion to my paid media role, um, which is the advertising that you see. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So just before we get into like the actual campaign, pain as well. Um, I'm really curious as to how you guys uh, or why you decided to work in these jobs and how you got there. So what's your <laughs> background and why did you decide to work for Live Lighter and all that kind of stuff? James, I'll, do you
2: I'll go first. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, we're kind of just discussing this in the car mm-hmm. while we were parked outside about to come in because both Gail and I did go to UWA at points in our lives. I probably graduated from UWA, God, it's almost 10 years ago now, I think in about 2013, i I did health science and commerce. So I had a public health major uh, with, I think, exercise and health science. And then I did finance and marketing within my commerce degree. And I kind of just fluked it that I am now in a marketing kind of a role at Cancer Council WA because I think when I left UWA, I I went straight into um, my health science related job, which was totally aside to the the finance and marketing part of my commerce degree. I think UWA, the reason I fell into um, health promotion, I suppose is what you call it, is because the health science degree at that point in time offered a great practical component. So I had a job for about 12 weeks and work experience and managed to get a paid role out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I found myself in this field. So it, it was very lucky that I've kind of somehow managed to meld my undergraduate degree with my working mm-hmm. life at the mm-hmm. moment, yeah. yeah.
3: Awesome. It's funny, yeah, I can – that that last thing you said is, is kind of my experience as well. So I actually – I did a maths and computing degree at UWA, um, <clears throat> and um, I worked briefly with defence, and it just it just wasn't kind of the thing I wanted to do with my life. I think so. Then I um, I went back and I studied uh, nutrition, and then I realised that. Um, you you know to increase your job chances you've got to do the dietetics as well so then I did the master of dietetics um, and I'd always assumed that I'd, I'd want to be you know like a clinical dietitian working in a hospital um, that was k- kind of yeah the whole way through I was thinking that's what I would be and then um, as part of our masters we do three different pracs and um, one of them's a clinical but one of them is in a community or public health mm. um, role or pl- like doing a community or public health placement. So I did mine at Cancer Council mm-hmm. and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like the people I was working with, they were kind of nerdy about um, about the the intricate bits of nutrition in the same way that I was. They were really passionate about what they do and I kind of saw that public health was this broader thing than what you kind of the end product is this really simple message but actually the process to get there is um quite complicated Mm -hmm. and so i yeah ever after i'd done that prac i was just like this is what i want to do and then i just put in every effort to try and work at cats council um and then luckily enough um after i graduated there was a four-month um position um working on crunch and sip which is a child um, nutrition education program and i went for that and got it and i just i haven't looked back and then Mm. eventually i moved over to live lighter
0: can i Um, just butt in there as well and just ask um we talked about it a little bit off microphone before what the difference mm. between nutritionists and dietitians is
3: yeah that's a good question so apparently people in my own team don't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh well all Dietitians are also nutritionists, um, so nutrition is, um, it is, well, the, there are different ways of, <laughs> so, yeah. so people can be, can call themselves nutritionists from doing like a short online course. So it's not a particularly protected term. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, um, people have been to university, it's like a three year undergrad. Um, and you come out as a nutritionist. Okay. Um, dietetics is an extra amount of study. It's a bit more into the um, kind of the medical side of things, and and from that you're then qualified to work in hospital with patients mm-hmm. um, and kind of one on one with people with um, chronic diseases okay. and things like that. So, so it might
0: so. be diabetes and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Food intolerances yeah.
3: or yeah. Whereas nutritionists okay. maybe they would work with fussy eaters or um, things like that. But um, but yeah, not so. They don't have as much medical training, so. Okay. Yeah. And
0: and what do you refer to yourself as?
3: Uh, usually a dietitian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gail, if, if Gail
2: is selling herself a little bit short here. You're also tell us about what what you do on the side to Cancer Council WA. What
3: do I do on oh, the side? No. Like... A new group. <laughs> <laughs> Diet- the
2: new the new group you're in, and you also Dietitians chair a group as true. well. There's a couple of different things.
3: Oh oh yeah. oh. Well no that's just um. I don't know if that's... Go for no, it. Like. It's not a
0: humble brag if someone else is asking you to do it. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, um, so I'm not sure if you're aware, but the Australian Dietary Guidelines are up for review. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very early in the process. Um, and I've been fortunate that I'm going to be um, working with Dietitians Australia on a working group that's kind of... Um, it's sitting a bit to the side of, of the development of the guidelines, but just kind of... Um, um watching the process and advocating
1: for the things that are important to dietitians along the way okay yeah if you have anyone that wants to come onto the podcast about the uh uh, guidelines Ah, for dietary yeah uh, yeah that would be awesome we would love that rosemary (laughs) stanton is on that group i'm not sure that yeah all right (laughs) she's (laughs) a big
5: big one yeah yeah Yeah, cool all right um
3: Going back to your early point, right. I'm just, Rosemary Stanton calls herself a nutritionist but is actually a dietitian. So I think people just use the term interchangeably depending on what's kind of most suitable for the context and, okay. and perhaps at a kind of mm. population level people don't know what a dietitian is and they think of hospitals and things. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Thanks for that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, James,
4: for the call. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jasmine, you're back in the hospital. Oh, I've got seat. to back yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so mine's a little bit different because I actually started a degree in history and political science um, in Melbourne. And that's, that's used to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you not know? Oh, yes, that was back in the day. Um, and like, Gail, I just decided, you know, it wasn't for me. I don't think this is where I want to go. I didn't have that passion or drive. Um, so I did a complete change and I moved to Perth um, and did a nutrition and health promotion degree. So, uh, I, d- I wasn't sure that was what I wanted to do because I was kind of in a phase of like, let's give it a go. Um, you know, it's something I'm interested in, but this might be something that I really enjoy. So, yeah, um, obviously did my degree at ECU, um, and did my, I studied. And then after that, uh, I did a lot of volunteering. So. Every opportunity that I could at uni, I did the Jamie's Ministry of Food um, internship. I also did a internship at the Health Consumer Council WA and really every opportunity I had as a student, I tried to take it because um, you go to uni and lecturers say to you, this is what you need to do and you kind of don't listen but in hindsight and knowing what i've been through and where i've got my job opportunity from it is the best way to get into your field and experience on the ground work and boots Mm. on the ground and i really appreciate everyone in those positions teaching me what i know now and you just have a different view on your roles and what people do in their roles and what they bring to public health and what you actually realize is people in this field are so passionate and that's what made me you know, really want to work for Live Lighter as well. So, following on from volunteering, I uh, got Uh, the director's email address um and sent her a blind email and asked if I could (laughs) do an interview to do some volunteering
2: straight to the top (laughs) jazz
4: well at the time I did not know she was the director Uh, (laughs) that's the way to do it if you just don't know get
1: an email it happens (laughs) to be the ceo yeah
4: sure so (laughs) I um you know rock up to the interview very nervous obviously um and yeah she she let me know that she was the director <laughs> um which was actually quite nice because she was so lovely and so approachable and um you know she could tell that I was trying to let her know that I'm so interested without being too excited as well um and then yeah she gave me an opportunity and I'll for- forever be grateful for that mm. uh, so I volunteered for about six months with Live Lighter. so in that six months we did a lot of activations um I was exposed to doing some nutrition analysis work, which then led to a lot of Today Tonight stories. Um, So that was great to be involved in because it's something a a bit more of a bigger scale project, which you don't generally get to see, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your work that you've done from the very start Mm -hmm. on national television or, you know, state television, which was really exciting. Um, And then from there, I got offered a paid opportunity for three days. And I guess that they liked my work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went uh, to four and our campaign actually moved over to the Kent's Council WA and that's where I got the opportunity to do a full-time role. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I just love where we work. It's it's a, a great environment. Everyone in our team just mm-hmm. loves coming to work and it's, I just, I really think we have a, a brilliant team. Mm. I'm getting all mushy, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It makes and, such a difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Of and yeah. It, I think as well, if you've got a really good team working together, then the outputs reflect that as well. So if everyone works really well together, mm. then you're going to get more yeah. quality in, in your work as well, and have better messages and yeah. influence more people mm. and all
3: that kind Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And mm. what I like is that we're we're all friendly and get along but we're also like, not afraid to say no I don't yeah, think that's yeah, right it, or, yeah. So yeah so we have yes. a lot of kind of constructive discussions and um and people are receptive to that and our managers are receptive to mm-hmm. that and that's I think that's really helped the campaign <laughs>
0: And you've just outlined your different areas of expertise. So obviously, it's quite complementary. You know, yeah, you yeah, put different
2: views forward. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is helpful, though, is that we have another dietitian in our team. So there's two dietitians, but also Jazz has a nutrition component in her undergrad, and another um, person in the team as well has a nutrition component. I think so. There's four people that have a good background in mm. food. So that's really important. Yeah, especially with the topic that you guys yeah. deal with. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <That> makes sense. <laughs> So that's a nice segue on to why you're here
2: today, yeah, which is to yeah. talk about your latest campaign, which is called? Well, we call it Menu App Campaign. So that's kind of an internal term that we've been using within our team and within the industry, so stakeholders um, and our, obviously our media agencies. But we've decided actually to let the campaign remain more nameless. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and the public facing kind of stuff, just the new Live Lighter campaign, just to really get the brand name exposure out there. Cause it's been a while since we've had a, this is a brand new WA made campaign. It's been a while, I think five years since we've made a a campaign here in Western Australia with the Live Lighter name attached to it. So we're really just trying to push that, push that name out there. But uh, the the internal name we've been using is menu app for obvious yeah. reasons, yeah. And you're referring to apps that people used to del- get food delivered. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah so, I think the the uh, intention with this campaign was never really to single out only those apps and people eating food from those apps or buying food from those apps. But um, in the creative process, basically what happened was we are uh, shown a concept which just happened to have this device in it. I mean, device in terms of a, a creative device, um, an advertising device rather than the phone device. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although that is obviously also a device, but um, we just thought... <laughs> Given what happened over the last year and even if we hadn't have had coronavirus, these apps are continuing Mm. to expand.
3: I've got a stat for you. Um, So, uh, yeah, the food delivery apps were just like on the rise. But So, at the start of 2019, before coronavirus hit, it was about a third of um, Australians, it was, were using um, food delivery apps. And then at the end of 2020, so like a year and a half later, um, it was up to half. So like wow. thirty-five to fifty percent, which is a a huge
1: jump in in like a new use of a new technology. Basically, I'm definitely part of those stats. <laughs> that, yeah, I like refuse to because I I live. Um, quite near a food strip so I can quite easily walk there and get it myself. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, sometime through, um, 2020, I was like, Hey, you know what? I'll just get the, oh, there we go. Oh, free delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> makes it so much more accessible.
3: Yeah. But, um, mm. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. Mm. And the, and the other mm. stat that we
2: had, um, that we were pushing out with jazz last week in the news media was that, so we had that increase in usage, um, throughout 2020, uh, but since two thousand and seventeen, the marketing spend on these food app brands, so you know Uber Eats, Menu Log, uh, Deliveroo, obviously there, there's a number of other competitors that we don't we don't even know all their names. There's so many mm-hmm. of them, right? But the marketing spend by this industry overall has gone up two hundred ninety percent since two hundred since two thousand and seventeen. So while they're starting from a relatively low base, you could you could really see the explosion happening purely by the marketing dollars that these companies are spending on advertising, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so the rationale for the campaign then is, you're obviously citing some
0: evidence there. What what other evidence is there that you guys... Um, are using to sort of make the case this is an issue and we, we need to create awareness about some of the problems that this might create?
2: Well, if we go back a couple of steps, first of all, live lighter. I mean, we're really contracted to highlight and raise awareness of the risk with being above a healthy weight and that's the chronic health diseases that are related to um, being above a healthy weight. So we're really trying to just raise awareness of that um, of that key fact. Obviously, if you look at something like smoking, this has been in... in um, Culture for, for decades now, right? Mm. But uh, I think Live Light is, we only started in 2011 or 2012.
3: 2012,
5: yeah. And mm.
2: something like, you know, the quick campaigns were on in the 80s um, and we knew about the, the um, risks attached with smoking basically from, from the 50s. So um, we're really still in a awareness raising campaign um, about overweight and obesity. Um, but one of the key things that we know we can do to reduce our risk is to limit or reduce junk food consumption. So So um, that's where we're coming from and as I said earlier that the use of the phone app for this campaign and obviously that's a crucial element of this ad is to really personalize it to people and to make it relevant and we think that um, the way we've uh, utilised the scrolling feature on, on in these ads is really hopefully catches people off guard and really um, resonates with the general public, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Can we just quickly describe the ad and uh, I guess the main message of the ad because our might not have seen it yet. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah,
1: great
3: point. So there's it's a, it's a suite of three ads that we actually developed but only two um, are being shown in this campaign, so we've got one to come. Um, so... So one ad um, features a, a mum who comes home from work, um, her kids are in the kitchen doing their homework um, on the kitchen table and she puts a bag down, um, sits down and um, says, shall we have pizza again tonight? And then gets out her phone and kind of starts scrolling on, scrolling through it. But as she is scrolling, um, so the kind of the items are um, that you could order from the um, from the pizza shop come up, um, but then it kind of gradually turns into toxic fat, which is our device that we're talking about. Um, visceral fat, which is kind of excess body fat around your middle, which or particularly around your vital organs, um, that seems to be associated with those that increase risk of disease. Um, and then the phone turns into well. Um, the options on the phone start turning into different types of cancer. And that's highlighting that um, carrying excess body fat is associated with actually 13 types of cancer. Um, so she looks concerned, as you would be, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and looks at her kids and goes, is this really, mm-hmm. is this really what, what I want? Um, and um, turns off the phone and then the next shot you see them in the kitchen and they're preparing like a, a simple dinner. Um, Do you want to describe the other one? The other
2: one is much the same, but we see a a slightly different uh, environment or setting with just a younger couple and they've just, you know, it's probably like you can see it being a Friday evening, kind of just finishing off the week, sitting in front of the telly, um, start flicking through the phone immediately to see what's for dinner. And the same thing happens. We see the uh, junk food items, I think it's burgers in this case, then turning into toxic fat and then turning into cancer. And just to reiterate what gail said that that link is really important to us showing the the fat to cancer rather than food straight to cancer because we know food doesn't necessarily cause cancer in and of itself we need it it, first of all it develops into toxic fat which um obviously is a, a risk factor for cancer so that's that's how that linkage is there and that's we need to display that link at all times um very important and yeah and then this in the ad this couple also decide to cook a, a healthy meal at home instead of ordering on the apps and i think in this case it's a it's an omelet and um, we really wanted to show these solutions being as simple as possible. So in the first mm-hmm. ad, you see um, the mother and and the kids are helping as well, start cooking a really simple pasta sauce kind of a meal. Um, and then the second ad, we see just a, um, a carton of eggs being used from yeah. the fridge to make what looks to be an omelet. So mm-hmm. really into that, and, and also just an, an aside as an aside as well, initially. Um, we saw these ads in their initial concept form. They didn't have a solution at the at the end, mm-hmm. so we were very um, intent on including that solution to really give empower people to show them that there is something simple that you can do to mm-hmm. reduce your risk yeah
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and so with the um with the ad that features the the mum um we actually had kind of two solutions almost um, in the original cuts that we made so one of them you have um, the mum chopping up some carrots on a chopping board Um, but the one we actually used in the end was a mum opening a jar of pasta sauce and because and that was a really important thing for us that we because we don't want to make healthy eating look like something complicated and that it, it, it is inherently something that is time-consuming and you've got to, like, cook everything from scratch. Like, throwing together some some pasta, um, some pasta sauce, frozen veggies, some chicken, something like that is is fine and we really want to get that message across that it doesn't... It, you don't have to be cooking for hours yeah. um, after work. I think that's... I think you would really um, stop people from engaging with that message if they think that they have to, yeah, just...
2: Mm. Also, in that, situ- fancy. Yeah. in that situation, <laughs> people have decided they're getting takeaway, right? They, they're using an app. They want something quick and easy. So they're not going to go to this massive 90-minute um, long cooking session as a replacement. They're going to do something that's quick and easy as well. And so you need to have those options out there that you're still in the kitchen but only for 10 minutes yeah and it's yeah.
3: probably yeah. quicker than ordering something let's be honest yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. True. that's a good point I
2: think that's it. a lot of
0: people turn to those apps and whatnot because it's of time pressure don't they like they come back after work or they've yeah, got kids exactly. to worry about mm-hmm. and yeah yeah time and that's an what we're trying to
3: say that it's you know throwing something together does it yeah an omelette how much mm. how long does that take 10 minutes or so yeah yeah so. It no. certainly doesn't have to be. No. <laughs> yeah. even, yeah. Don't have it. to put it on Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although there are some very fancy omelets. So you could, <laughs> that's <still>. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hang on
0: Hi. We hope you're enjoying this episode of The Meaning of Health. Just a quick reminder that you can email us at meaningofhealth at or tweet us at healthmeanswhat. And if you have a minute and you've enjoyed listening to this episode or any of the other episodes, it'd be great if you could go and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find us. Now back to the show. So you sort of um, touched on the some elements of the campaign design of the actual ads mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, is there a specific demographic or demographics,
2: like age groups, et cetera, that you're, that you're trying to target with this? Yeah, so the Live Lighter... Overall um, target audience is 25 to 64 years of of age, and that's everybody because I mean at the end of the day everybody's at risk. Um, but in terms of this specific creative, it's 25 to 54, uh, so 25 to 64, so the same the same audience but with a BMI 26 to 30. And that's because we did some backgrounding research. So to, co- to go back a few steps with a campaign like this, first of all, you do your exploratory research, which is what we did with a person called Michael Murphy. He's from Victoria. So he came to Perth um, and ran some focus groups in Perth. And I think he, he did go um, regionally as well, didn't he? Yeah. And that this was Probably it's almost two years ago now. I think he did that. Um, And then from that exploratory research, you pick out some themes, some angles that you've never touched before. And then you go back to the creative agency with a brief. um, And the creative agency gets that brief, um, and they also see the research report from Michael Murphy. So they're getting everything they need to write some good concepts. So they see the brief, they see the report from Michael Murphy. Then they write some some concepts for us to choose from for creative concepts we get those four creative concepts, take them back to Michael and he focus groups with different people, but the same kind of sampling, mm-hmm. um, procedure, et cetera. Uh, and he did, so he groups, those four creatives, as, yeah, those four concepts and the concepts are in at that point in time, um, a format called animatics. So they're basically animated versions of what they would see after it's been filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, at this time, it was interesting because we were in COVID, so he had to do all these focus groups in an online format. So he's in Victoria running these focus groups with people from all over WA, um, on the other side of the country. And we kind of um, yeah. So we we actually this was in sorry this was in the formative stage. So he's doing this in the exploratory research. But what we found is that people in the BMI of twenty six to thirty versus people in the BMI of Uh, 30 and over want different messages so the people 26 to 30 they want that why message like why do i need to do anything so um you know that's like showing people the risks whereas the people but bmi over they actually relate a little bit more to how do i how do i be healthy like how do i make these changes however because we know that um and we're keeping in mind we're based in, at the Cancer Council, we know that only one in two people are aware that overweight and obesity can lead to cancer. Wow. Yeah. And that's compared yeah. to chronic diseases, other chronic diseases like heart disease and diabetes where yeah. over four in five people know about that link. And, in fact, it's as high as, like, 90% a lot of the time that we see people who are aware of that link. And that's because of the good work of... Um, Agencies like the Heart Foundation over many years that have really um, made people aware and highlighted that link. But with only one and two people knowing that it's um, uh, it's a cancer risk to be above a healthy weight, we decided to really hit on that why angle. Mm. So going back to your original question the about f- this, <laughs> a long long story. Sorry, but the, that's, the that's why the target audience for this specific t- campaign is 25 to 64. But honing in a little bit of, on that BMI of 26 to 30, and obviously that's not to say that everyone who's above a BMI of 30 isn't going to relate to this ad. Not everyone's the same, but then the back end of our campaign with the kind of the websites and our social media channels—that's where the how really mm-hmm. comes into itself. So, so although the the above the line messaging, like the TV ad, really looks at that why and you know really hitting home that cancer link when people actually do visit our uh additional resources such as our website etc that that's where we really talk about the how yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. what what do we know about the
0: the cancer rates that are associated with um obesity and being overweight are
2: are they on the increase in australia I, i actually don't know so it's a tough one basically there's Obviously, we've mentioned that thirteen different cancers are uh, um, your increased risk if you're above a healthy weight. However, for each of those different cancers, um, it's a different proportion which is actually attributable to being above a healthy weight. Um, and look, it's it as I said, it's it differs, but we know that uh, roughly, and this number has, I think. Um, Varied over the last few years, but the number that we choose, which is a conservative number, across Australia, 4,000 um, cancer, canc- cancer canc- cases each year are attributable to a- overweight and obesity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think obviously as our population gets bigger, etc., um, we haven't quite turned the tide on mm-hmm. um, overweight and obesity in terms of rates of the population yet. So we're going to see the the total number of cancer cases attributable attributable to overweight and obesity rise. Yeah. yeah.
0: So when you say our population gets bigger, are you talking about individuals getting bigger or <laughs> <laughs> population <laughs> size? Yeah, <sorry. laughs> but I know that uh, overweight and obesity is a Western world mm. issue, um, mm.
3: you know. Well... It's increasingly becoming an mm. issue in poorer countries as well. They're right. getting this dual burden where they've got people who are, are starving and then people who are um, overweight and obese. And so, yeah, it's mm. it's something where um, we're sharing with the rest of the world, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, mm. that's sort of down to corporations, you know,
2: marketing and their so products. I suppose or, this is a like, – we, our – our campaigns are targeting individuals. That's our, you know, that's our audience um, to to try and shift their behaviour. Mm-hmm. However, we're obviously aware of the the fact that these that people in the community are they're not just seeing our ads in fact they're mainly seeing ads from fast food chains and it's everywhere and it's there's no let up and there's even with the the food delivery services right most of these companies over the last couple of years have developed partnerships <coughs> with the junk food companies and so when you're on these apps now mm-hmm. the junk food retailers are at the top of the feed you know so we're up against it and the 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 marketing in sports etc of these companies i mean it's really one of obviously the campaign the paid advertising is is one aspect of levada but in -hmm. the background we're doing work to try and um shift leaders and political decision makers minds on um how much these companies should be regulated and obviously we think they should be regulated more and
0: and what sort of conversations are those all and and whereabouts do they take place and what forums Uh,
3: there's yeah it's in many different ways so um you know, what What people see of the campaign is is the mass media, but then there's this whole bunch of work going on below the surface because we know that the environment we live in is, is so important that it can um, affect whether we make those choices that we want people to make. Um, so some of the work we do is in um, doing kind of rapid research that can inform our um Our advocacy and our policy are so um, we've done a lot of work looking at um, how much kids are being exposed to junk food advertising on state-owned assets particularly so you know bus shelters and things like that Um, and so recently actually um, Roger Cook um, said that they were going to look into the feasibility of basically taking junk food advertising off off state-owned assets Um, um, so yeah, so that's, it's those kind of asks that, that, that we're that going is, for. And that's largely mm-hmm.
2: the state-owned assets policy measures are something that we've been banging on about for a couple of years yeah. now. So mm-hmm. you really have to, while you're banging on about the, the behaviour change <laughs> mm-hmm. message, message above the line, under the surface you're banging along, banging on about advocacy asks and yeah. uh, the, yeah. the junk food or state-owned assets yeah. is a big one for us and yeah. the Minister has been quite receptive to these these queries, but we know he's obviously got a lot of other stakeholders to think mm-hmm. about, and so it, it takes time. Yeah.
3: It's it's all incremental, so you you can't you know, if if you want a dog, you've
2: you,
3: yeah, you you don't want to ask for a, a pony. Actually, I think that's a terrible analogy. We we know that we're not going to. Um, Great change We're
5: not, yeah. 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 We're
3: not going to go straight to let's you know ban all junk food advertising and and um, you know have a sugar tax and and have no fast food places um, out in the community. So we just have to take little baby steps that are kind of um, politically. Um, possible I guess and and then you once you just bang on about that as James said (laughs) um, for a while and then once you can achieve that step you can move on to the next one so yeah yeah, it's it I mean if you look at um the smoking story and you look at that's that's how many years has that been so many years of just like many different Mm. strategies plain packaging um limiting how many outlets there are Mm. um yeah so so many price um Yeah. yeah and you just yeah, and, and it's, it's you've just got to keep going, that's public health. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's awesome.
0: been successful there, but obviously the work in that space is still ongoing. You know, yeah. the tobacco yeah. industry morphs and yeah, yeah. And, and you, you also
4: have to band together as mm. well. So if we're all saying the same message, it has more of an impact in the community. So with our policy campaigns that we do about banning junk food on state-owned assets is getting all the top organisations that have a lot of leeway Sorry, leeway and mm. lobbying power to change policy and having one message that we all agree on mm. is quite unique yeah. mm-hmm. and we all agree that this needs to be done it needs to be implemented it needs to happen so if everyone is on board the message is more more likely to get across to mm. the government where there is real policy change so when something's hard to implement yeah. and uh,
3: from a government level um, and you see all these groups having slightly different opinions, it's really easy to go, oh, well, you guys yeah. don't know what, what, <laughs> what you want. So we just, mm. we won't do that. So,
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's been it. really exciting because we've seen organisations, like we've worked with the Australian Dental Association, which is, you, you know, you wouldn't think that yeah. we would partner, but mm. it's so related. Is, it, and is that
0: like sugar sweetened beverage? Yeah, work, is yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. 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 So, yeah. a huge issue, actually. Don't, yeah. People don't realise yeah. a lot um, of the time.
2: Yeah. yeah, just on that. I mean, with this ad, for instance, we were it was it's mainly focusing on junk food, but we we were um, our, our manager actually was a big one. And we need to include sugary drinks in this creative. Like, we need to make sure that we're not really talking about sugary drinks aside from junk food because sugary drinks is just another form of junk food. Mm-hmm. We often talk about it separately because it has all these different. Elements with that so how it's got so much sugar in it, you know. So yeah. Um. But Jazz, you might want to talk more about that policy campaign from last year because we really did have a number of different stakeholders involved. Yeah. Um, that we work with closely, and and that one campaign has probably made us work even more closely with our stakeholders, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um. So for that launch, we got all the CEOs from. Um, partnering organisations, um, for example, TKI uh, and Deakin University released-, released some data that obviously showed that these uh, advertising billboards that kids see every day on their way to school, they're bombarded with junk food advertising, is really affecting their health. And it is our... Responsibility to make sure they're in an environment where they're safe from these ads and, um, you know, having an environment where it's healthy and having uh, better life expectancy outcomes by protecting them from things that we can protect on state owned assets. So, um, I think I answered the question once. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's okay.
2: So, I I think it was just mainly. That particular campaign was great because we were bringing all these stakeholders together from yeah. all these different agencies that we mm-hmm. we all have the same goals really, but usually that policy stuff is kind of below the line. But this this was a, a, a campaign which had a paid aspect. We got photography with all the 12 CEOs together that we had advertising on bus stops and we had a big uh, PR drive as well. And that's what Gail is saying in terms of all singing from the same uh, hymn sheet that was... Um, a really successful campaign for us. And we think that's done a lot to, um, uh, you know, to encourage the current state mm. government to act on this issue. Yeah,
0: Just out of interest, obviously you talk about the stakeholders and everyone being on the same page. Clearly, clearly that uh, is at the expense of the interests of some of the people making money out of this advertising and the, the consumption that happens. What sort of um, experiences have you guys had as an organisation of people pushing back or... You know getting mad and
1: have you had angry emails from like kfc <laughs> oh,
4: that's probably a I socials d- question yeah. Yeah. we <laughs> yeah. do yeah. get True. a lot of feedback on socials but yeah. but that's more from individuals yeah yeah
2: okay. so, so at a corporate level
0: you guys don't get targeted
2: not not really i think they're probably worried because we are a charity and i mean at the end of the day we're, we are looking out out for people's health and they mm-hmm. know um, that
3: we'll uh, put you know, put it out there in, in PR the air yeah. if they do. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would look really bad for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think one of the um, one of the issues that we face when it comes to this question of denying junk food advertisers the right to place their ads on state owned assets is the government revenue that. The, rep, the the government is meant to receive from these advertisers, but we know from um, again looking at other examples like tobacco, when you remove that advertiser, it just it's just replaced by other mm. advertisers. So what we need to make sure is happens is that you know you'll have you've got a regulation in place which is consistent. So they don't get replaced with more unhealthy advertising. So, um, and that's, you know, you saw that happen kind of with tobacco because now, now you've just got the footy. So tobacco advertising has been banned in, everywhere really but a lot of the advertising space has just been taken up by alcohol and unhealthy food so Mm. um, and we know that the state government's already um, banned alcohol advertising on state owned assets which was which was a great first step Um, so you've got no cigarette sponsorships or sorry no cigarette advertising or no no alcohol ads on state owned assets and the next obvious step is to remove unhealthy food advertising from those um, environments yeah.
3: And I think if you look at the bigger picture, there's there's an externalization of the cost. So um, fast food companies are selling their food quite cheaply. But if you actually incorporated the the kind of the cost to the healthcare system mm. of kind of um, helping people with chronic diseases that tend to develop from eating too much of those foods, then um, yeah. To yeah. like recuperate the costs. Kind now. of, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, if you're reducing junk food advertising, then perhaps you're actually reducing healthcare costs, but it is a, a longer term. Um, yeah, you have to take a longer that. term
0: view at that, don't you? Yeah. Um, and those corporations are, are quite good at changing the narrative. And, you know, the sugar, um, sweetened beverage mm. industry would talk yeah. about people having sedentary lifestyles as the reason yeah. they were getting obese, exactly, not the fact that yeah. they were drinking I six I yeah.
4: actually of, had someone from Coca Cola try and join one of our webinars, um, which was, yeah. you know, tackling uh, 13 cancers and the sugary drinks angle. Um, but we did have someone from Coca-Cola trying to access. So, so they do. They listen. Yeah. They yeah. are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So and they trying to work out what their next angle is.
1: Yeah. It they, makes it seem like yeah. they know. They know the <laughs> issues with their products and they're, oh. just, they're trying to constantly hide it.
2: Yeah they're, yeah, they're not they're not dumb, and they have used advertising yeah. to their extreme benefit over mm. the years. Mm. An interesting seminar I went to a couple of years ago now was um, kind of the where the health promotion or the public health um, field had their ties with kind of business leaders, well, uh, decision makers, politicians, etc., and it was all kind of. The links were mainly just between other health researchers and other public health leaders but if you looked at the same um kind of my the the network of the junk food lobbyists they had so many more linkages with Mm -hmm. government and other business Mm -hmm. leaders you know so i think they've had this entrenched um culture of really getting inside um inside into politics etc whereas Um, public health, we're great at working with each other. We've shown that over the years, but we we'll probably need to get a little bit better at talking to community to leaders community. In, and political leaders. Getting out yeah. of the ivory towers that they talk about. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was an interesting policy recently where they've reclassified, I think, orange juice as basically the same level of harm as coca-cola and, and whatnot uh,
3: um yeah so that was around health star rating so i think mm. actually that it was already classified um in i think it was maximum 3.5 health stars um as the same as diet um like diet cola Diet Cola, okay um and then there was uh, there was some lobbying to kind of basically get that change so mm. uh, yeah um. <laughs>
0: they put the the, the uh, I guess it was the orange growers pushed back on that. And yeah, so, exactly. Know, and, and I mean, and
3: from a I can kind of understand from a public perception that you've got orange juice, which is perceived as quite healthy, and it's from you know you know fruit, which we think of as good, being the same as diet coke. I mean, basically they just both have issues. Uh, I mean, mm. orange juice has a similar amount of sugar the to sugar, coke. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's not exactly the same, but mm. you know, it's much better to be eating an orange, and we yeah. really like. Um, really if we're drinking juice it needs to be in quite small amounts diet coke doesn't diet cola doesn't have that kind of sugar but then um you know is is keeping that sweet taste um going actually going to be helpful for overweight and obesity and the evidence doesn't really show that it does um so there's issues with
0: bone density and that as well with carbonated drinks isn't there with the acid in the there is with
3: with with teeth particularly is, right. is the one we talk about. But, yeah. Mm. yeah. So I think they're not the same, but they they both have their own issues. issues so. yeah. Yeah. And
1: very quickly, because um, mm. this is very much like a sidetrack from the, <laughs> the overall theme of things, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people don't actually realise this, and I know that um, I'm hoping my information is correct, um, a lot of people don't realise uh, what the Health Star rating actually is conveying because yeah. they see like milo for example with four out of five stars and they're like oh it's healthy amazing and they don't yeah. realize so it would be great to get an explanation very quickly of the health star rating yeah sure so um i think
3: the most important thing to remember with health star ratings if you've got to compare foods within the same category um so you you can't p- compare a breakfast cereal and a yogurt because it just, that's just not the way the system is designed. So it's about going, well, I want to buy a breakfast cereal. I'm going to look at the ones available and then you can use the Health Star rating to pick the ones that are healthiest. Um, I... Yes. Just yeah, completely forgot. Yes, yeah, no, no, <laughs> so, yes, yeah. like, I was, was going to say can... something
1: else, but then I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> so I guess the example is like with breakfast oh, with... cereals, you've got like... Fruit Loops, which probably has or should have negative stars and then Wheat bix which probably has four and a half to five stars. So like you can make that choice within the category. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I think, so the thing with Milo is that for some products, um, they were doing it as prepared. And so that was with Healthy glass milk. So Milo, (laughs) you know, you're getting the health star rating of it with the milk, which, and milk is obviously a core food group. So they have done some tweaking over the years and I'm not sure, I can't actually remember exactly where they're at with that, but, um there certainly was a push for the as prepared to be like as prepared with water not that people make it that way but just to Mm -hmm. from a a neutral yeah because it's because it's based on um on weight so you've Mm -hmm. got to kind of make it up to the same level um as you would with milk but then you're not getting all the kind of positive nutrients of milk getting put into that calculation. So, I think that's a fairly fair way of doing it.
0: Okay. Thanks very much for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've taken a bit of a detail, which has been really good and interesting to hear. Um, So, just to get back to this campaign and and the channels and whatnot, we we sort of spoke about the TV ads. Now, Jazz, you're involved with the social media side of things. So, do you want to tell us how you're handling this campaign through your channels?
4: Well, um, for us, this was actually quite a big task uh, on my end, but obviously my team helped me. we created a stakeholder toolkit uh which went out to all the stakeholders and that is promoting people to share our social media toolkit so what we have done for this campaign is actually prepare pre-written blurbs and content and tiles they can use on their own pages to really give them the opportunity to share content and drive up their engagement as well so with the social side of things the the aim of this campaign was to really educate people on how to use social media and how they can support the campaign through social media as well because it is such a big opportunity um, that people need to take advantage of and if if we're helping them by giving them assets to promote that is you know, a health issue and it is getting to um, the community and the people who need to see it, then why not share your assets and collaborate? So with the social media toolkit, we actually have put all of our assets online. Um, They can download all the tiles, the pre-written blurbs. And we've really meticulously gone through this and made sure the language was suitable. the, The instructions were easy to use. Um, It was easily accessible because doing socials myself, you do get stakeholder toolkits and social media toolkits that don't actually reflect what you need for the platform. Mm -hmm. So when you do it every day and this is something that, you know, you just think second nature, that is great for developing a social media toolkit because you know what people need. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, on Facebook, you need your videos in an MP4 format. A lot of people send them in GIF or another format which we can't use, but we want to. So just knowing little tweaks and um, really knowing your target audience as well and how you're going to reach them and giving people the most easiest opportunity to share our campaign, um, share share our key messages was our goal with social media and this this campaign.
2: I suppose just to clarify as well with with jazz's side of things, it's really about engaging those similar organizations and agencies. So people like jazz in the same sort of role at, for instance, the heart foundation, or there's various other community groups as well. So they can extend our campaign to hit groups, which possibly aren't going to see our ad in the paid form, you know, like any way that we can get our message across to people, because in this, in this, rich and diverse media landscape that we find ourselves (laughs) in, um, we we can't be sure that our paid paid ads are going to reach everyone. So that's why it's really important for Jazz to be able to connect with like-minded people in her similar role. And look, Jazz is very clued into this kind of stuff. We know that not some agencies aren't going to have a specialist social media officer in in their team, but that's why the social media toolkit that Jazz has developed should really give people an easy way. It's, it's almost doing the work for them, you know, mm-hmm. um, and... That yeah, that we're really hopeful, and not only just the general public that some of these groups reach, but just disadvantaged groups and mm. and um, people that really need our message. Yeah. yeah. So, so who who are you hoping will take you up on that and and spread the message
4: that way? Anyone who's interested, really. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly at the moment, it was targeted to stakeholders, but from stakeholders that trickles down into the community. So mm-hmm. it may be on um, you know an area in Broome or the regional areas where we do have regional education offices where we share this with them and then they themselves have internal groups that they will share it with so it's almost like a ripple effect of where you can um spread your message out without actually doing it yourself Mm -hmm. but from people resharing and sharing and giving it to their networks as well so so another group is um is sporting teams What's so that's last? kind
3: of yeah. grassroots and, yeah. and bigger level as well mm. so um uh healthway who are a, another agency they do um sponsor sporting teams and community events with yep. um the live lighter message
0: wildcats is a notable one. Um, so well, it was
3: okay n- yeah so <laughs> glory and west coast. um west coast and fever. also west coast fever yeah, okay. Um, but then just, yeah, like yeah. more kind of um, community-level sports as well yeah. um, and mm. and events, as I said. Um, and so then they can share that through through their's, mm. um, their channels. And then we're just – we're actually reaching like a completely different kind of group. Yeah, yeah. back
2: to Gloria and Phoebe, you know, they've got player ambass- ambassadors which can – they share share our brand name with their name attached to it yep. so courtney bruce from west coast Fever does a lot of work for us i'm not, not too familiar with many of the Glories players <laughs> names but they also do a lot of work for us in season and that's really good to see so, because yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Great most part. professional sports have other brands associated with yeah. them which we're not too happy about but um <laughs> fever and um glory yeah. do us a great service yeah yeah and we
3: know that Like you were mentioning before, um, Junk Food love to talk about sport as Mm. the kind of answer. Mm. And so, of course, they want to be involved in promoting their message in kind Mm. of sporting groups. So even people who are watching sport and not playing it, somehow that's still that Mm. that, um, message. There's
0: there's a famous partnership between one of our AFL football teams and a burger chain that has been Mm. around since I was a young boy going to Mm. their first games. And it still goes on today. You know,
2: that, that partnership actually did come to an end. About, uh, and then all of a sudden, two years, they reinstated it. I don't know right. if you remember that, but that mm. they, it, it kind of felt like it was over. And then next minute, they reconnected again, which was really disappointing <laughs> to see. And now we have the other yeah. team in this state also connected with mm. another a different one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because mm.
2: uh,
0: I was reading something. It might have been two or three years ago. I think Live Lada or what was the other uh, Healthway I think were sponsoring? Maybe it was the cricket team, the Warriors or it might have been the it Wildcats been at the time? Um, the,
3: I think Healthway have previously sponsored Wildcats, but it was with an alcohol thing, again. Okay, that's right, yeah. And so because
0: they were getting uh, Healthway money, they couldn't advertise certain things at the ground. And I think it might have been cricket because I feel like it was the Wacker Ground where there were restrictions on the products that could yeah. be advertised. And there was yeah. a big tension between... Major sponsors of a particular event, yeah. and then it was like, well, the whacker can't advertise those yeah. products. Yeah. So
3: yeah, when you have kind of um, individual teams, but then obviously the code kind of um, yeah. sponsors. So yeah, it does. Yeah. It does get tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't envy healthway having to negotiate yeah. those contracts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Need to get into the code. Yeah, yeah. 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 It. and it's also individual, and oh, yeah, of yeah. Course. Well, and that does happen glory with situation?
4: glory. Yeah. Yeah. So the league, the Hyundai. Hi- Hi- a-League, I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> yeah, that's um, right, is sponsored by McDonald's and there's junk food companies and there's other clubs that obviously have gambling and um, other other sponsorship deals. So when they play a home game, because Glory isn't sponsored by a junk food company and, you know, they want to don't want to be affiliated with the junk food company, they have the rights to not advertise um, on the grounds okay. at home games. But when they're away, obviously the league has the final say. Mm-hmm. So there is conflict on when junk food advertising can and can't be, which is quite confusing for people who are viewing the games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's almost a grey area that we're we're trying yeah. to work on. So, but for WA, we're quite lucky because they are really committed to. Um, having that partnership with Healthway, and they're really committed to, um, you know, having that social responsibility of, yeah. of n- no, not having junk food sponsorships.
0: And just getting back to the social media channels, where are people likely to see your on Facebook.
4: And, um, yes. What are the yes. others? So we're pretty much social savvy at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, We've also got LinkedIn. We've just started our Pinterest account and TikTok as well. So
1: is it all the same tag?
4: A little bit different, a little bit different. Um, If you do need to find the tags, you can always visit our website. They're on the bottom. Um, Most of our newsletters will have our little pins, um, every stakeholder toolkit we send out, we have the handles and the hashtags, mm-hmm. but it's very easy to find our campaign.
0: So yeah. my, my limited knowledge of TikTok um, <laughs> sees people singing other people's songs and this sort of stuff. <laughs> so how does your campaign interface so with TikTok? more than that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it is. Yeah. This is why it's good we have a, a range of um, ages in our yes. team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So how, how does that work with TikTok?
4: Well, it depends what we're doing so for fruit and veg september we really use that platform to just promote some fun um so we had a few of our team members dress up at vegetables mm. and <laughs> the banana and, carrots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um the best thing about tiktok is you can actually share it on instagram and facebook so you're using one platform to use across three so it's the best tool um the editing tools on it is is brilliant. And we do a lot of recipes, how how you can make recipes and show how easy it is. Um and we also do You made some Halloween um so
3: some like healthy kind of Halloween I ideas did. and they were very popular and yeah they Wait, were really fun.
1: Was there something to do with bananas? Yes. I think I saw that. Did you see that, <laughs> oh, I I that on Doing our job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah,
4: I think I think that came Yeah, from it's it's a bit more <laughs> of a creative, fun way of getting our campaign message across. And mm. you know, TikTok's fun. You you, you want to go on it as be engaged and um you know just enjoy your time on there. Yeah. So we also have to match our content to people who are the audience on TikTok. So, yeah. um yeah, we do little um themed events and. There will be more coming.
2: <laughs> no no lip, lip syncing though yet, Jasmine. No,
4: I haven't done that yet. <laughs> is
1: it the dancers?
4: Not yet, Not but yet. I, I have to. I, I just got them in banana costumes, so yeah, I've got to ease my way into that it. <laughs> <awesome. Yeah.
1: laughs> I'll have to look out
0: for that when I join TikTok. Oh,
1: I'll, I'll send you some links. Yeah, <laughs> thanks
0: very much. Maybe I can do a little video just repeating what you guys are saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I can do it, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: nice about social media is because the mass media side is like the kind of the why it's a problem and it, it tends to be much more kind of harder hitting um but then when you get to the socials because you're looking at the how do you inspire people how do you um show ideas of what to cook or how to make something that's not a sugary drink, but still tasty. And, and so, yeah, that's why it can be so much fun. Yeah.
2: Mm. Just in terms of those owned channels as well, because social media is obviously a, a, a big part of our um, non-paid kind of work that we do to still extend our message. But we also have our website, which is just like, it's got so much information on there. A lot of the house stuff that we talked about before. I think sometimes I, I fail to remember that we have, how many wet recipes do we have on our website, Gail? Yeah, like it.
3: Almost four hundred.
2: It's it's there's a lot of gold resources on there, and for this campaign on it on the campaign specific landing page. So if you were if you were to go to the LiveLadder homepage at the moment, you'd immediately see the uh, imagery of the new campaign, the latest campaign on the homepage. You click through to that landing page, the camp, the the campaign page. And one of the devices that Gail and our web agency have um, worked up for the landing page is a phone. It's a recipe finder phone where it kind of looks like you're scrolling, you know, similar to the imagery that you see in the campaign Mm -hmm. a little bit, but you're scrolling through healthy recipes. So that's... you can
3: choose whether you want burgers or whether you want crispy chicken or fish and chips, but then you'll kind of have a whole selection of healthy versions. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually we've just um updated one of our resources which is a it's called takeaway the takeaway and it's all kind of healthy versions of burgers fish and chips um, nuggets even Mm. um so yeah that so people can jump onto the website and
1: Mm. um and order those or download them
0: we'll we'll certainly include that yeah those links
1: I, i had a look at the website this morning um and i think one of the other things that was really cool about the website was um the junk food calculator uh, and I had to oh, go yeah. with that this morning. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, this, this is bit, bad. It's a bit scary. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that you can, like, equate it to um, how many minutes of walking or running or swimming, like, I think yeah. that's really cool because it kind of puts the equation in people's heads. So, again, I, I think that's a really great resource mm. as well. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: So after all this hard work's been done and you guys have been TikToking and advertising <laughs> yeah, right. and networking and Every whatnot, what are you hoping to achieve and how are you going to know if you've achieved
2: it so that's our evaluation and we do this with every large-scale tv-led campaign so this is obviously one of those and we would traditionally it would be our campaign is always done out of victoria an institution called the center for behavior and center for behavior and cancer research i'm going to get that control control, but it's (laughs) based at cancer council victoria uh and this time around, because it's such an important campaign for us, we've actually kind of leveled up the evaluation in a way that um, makes it even more rigorous than usual. This is a bit, a bit of an expensive process, so we can't evaluate in this way every single campaign, but because this is such an important wave, we will be ev- evaluate, evaluating like this. and. The way you do this is by taking a big cohort of people before the campaign goes to air and you survey them and then the campaign goes to air and you survey them again post the campaign. So you do a pre-campaign, a post-campaign survey and that way you can really properly evaluate the changes that have occurred basically because of the campaign, you know, um, Mm. more or less. And what we do hope to see is obviously a reduction in junk food consumption and that means... Um, There's a few different questions, but a a reduction in discretionary snacks, reduction in um, junk food meals or meals bought from takeaway um, outlets, uh, reduction in sugary drinks. So those are the big ones for us. I mean, obviously, in terms of Live Lighter's overarching goal of... um, uh, kind of stabilising the rates of overweight and obesity and then reducing them, that's a very long-term goal, um, which we hopefully expect to see in, in years to come. But at the moment, we, we have these really dis- discretionary kind of goals, discrete goals, sorry, that we're looking to achieve. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And uh, measuring those over time, well, yeah. I suppose that's just the uh, it's just the sur- the survey. So okay, uh, so you're yeah. not
1: getting people to do food diaries
3: for oh, a sorry, week. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It's really hard yeah. to measure changes in behaviour. So we go through it, they're quite long surveys. We go through the whole gamut of kind of um, different things. So awareness and. Um, awareness of the campaign, of, of the campaign messages, um, intentions to change. And then we look at, um, whether people have, it's all based on self-report, but yeah, yeah. if you want to go to food diaries, it's just like, that, that would be expensive. Yeah. That's yeah. going to cost as much as the campaign. As yeah, the yeah <laughs> Sorry.
1: Is that the microphone on me? No, uh, that's just sometimes Emma microphone like <laughs> to fall over. Um,
3: so we do measure like self-reported um, changes in yeah. intake, um, and because it's a cohort design, you can kind of see changes um, between between the two groups: the, the group that sees the ad and the group that doesn't see the ad. Mm, yeah, mm. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Trying to think if there's anything else, but yeah, yeah probably the. Um, nice the, yeah, the specifics around the actual what people are doing yep. in terms of the specific behaviours we're saying mm-hmm. don't do or do do. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. just I guess we're getting close to the end of our discussion, but I was just interested to know what the timing is on this and how long it's planned to run for
2: in its current form, or
0: if it's going to. Sort of yeah, so this,
2: this, like most campaigns we do that are TV-led, uh, those are our big ones. We tend to have two or three of those a year. They go for about eight to ten weeks, and then within that eight to ten weeks, or even six to ten weeks, it's a bit of a, varia- a variation, um, they usually have, say, three to five weeks of TV within that period, and then all the other kind of channels, so Out of Home, social media and there's social media that that Jazz is doing and that we also have paid ads on social media as well. Mm -hmm. Other online channels, radio. Um, Yeah, so there's a whole suite of different channels that are running at different periods throughout the campaign duration. Uh, But this this particular wave is going until mid-May, I think May 15th, which is a Saturday. So yeah, that's, uh, what's that in total? That is basically two Um, two and and a half half months yeah so yeah or two months almost exactly actually so there's that's one one wave and then we have a bit of a break um from paid advertising then we'll probably see the same ads on air midway through the year again and we've obviously got an olympic year this year so we'll probably be trying to oppose some of the messaging in that space Mm -hmm. uh we have Buys which put us in AFL media as well. So, we're constantly trying to oppose some of the ads that we see. There's numerous different ones in AFL. So, yeah, they'll, we have an AFL buy middle of the year as well. So, this is a pretty important year for Live Lighter. And um, we know that, you know, I don't think there's many people traveling to the Olympics this year. And mm. with all the different channels that we have, in terms of there's, I think, five different digital channels maybe this year that people can watch the Olympics on. So, um, we hope that we might be able to have some impact in that space as well, but that's yet yet to be seen. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we wrap
0: up? Um, you mentioned that you've got the a great website, so people can. Yeah, read about- I'd really
3: encourage people to have a look at the website yep. if you, if you're kind of listening to this and going, mm, yeah, yep, yeah, that maybe that's me. Um, I, I think so. Our tagline is for this campaign is don't treat junk food as everyday food. So we're not saying you can't ever have takeaway, but we know it's just starting to take up like a much Mm. bigger part of people's lives than, than it used to. And that's really healthy for people. So, um, we have a lot of resources available on the website to help people just kind of incrementally make changes to, um, to just start cooking a bit more at home,
2: um,
3: and ordering, ordering takeaway, um, a little bit less.
4: Uh, I'm just going to put in a plug here and follow us on social media. (laughs) (laughs) The Live Lighter campaign.
0: (laughs) So is is that like hashtag Live Lighter or? Uh,
4: Yeah, so for different platforms, it's a different um, Mm. kind of tagline. But so it's at LiveLighter
3: campaign for most
4: of them, yeah. and I think okay. it's
3: just Twitter that's at Live underscore, underscore Lighter. Lighter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so some or... version of Live Lighter. If yeah. you
1: Google it, I'm sure you would find it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Google's your friend with this. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And, and with any, like, the first 10 searches that come up will all be Live Lighter.
2: So. And
1: then also this podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: Live Lighter yeah. also yeah.
2: has a SoundCloud channel as well. Um, mm. where yep. we have our radio ads so that's something oh, to okay. check out yeah. and a YouTube channel so I think I'm not sure if we mentioned them already but uh, yeah go to our website and, and find all yeah. of them yeah.
3: and this will be a bit meta because we'll be promoting this on social media yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> good and
0: we're also hosted on SoundCloud so maybe we Make should it. become SoundCloud friends virtually yeah yeah <laughs> wow. follow each other excellent alright well thanks very much yeah thank you for joining it's really us it's nice. so been great you. chatting with you cheers and uh, yeah we'll look forward to hearing how it Everything yeah, yeah, in a future yeah. episode.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank
3: you. Thanks.
0: And that was our conversation with Gail, Jasmine and James from the Cancer Council.
1: They were a very fun bunch to talk to, I think. Uh, so much insight into why they're creating the messages that they are and, and the importance of it as well. I think, yeah, the messages were so important for yeah. for Australians and West Australians and, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting just to hear people with some shared knowledge but also specific skill sets, how they complement each other. Yeah, and it's
1: like such a diverse group as well. So, they you know, they've all got their kind of hand in nutrition and things like that but they've got so many other skills that really complement the, the campaign that they're producing, which is really yeah. cool.
0: And they're often producing material of a, of a really high quality that's comparable to what's getting done in the, the corporate world, but on a shoestring budget.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think, yeah, as like a community member, like I was on the website this morning and uh, I was there purely to, to listen to these ads to know what I was going to talk about for this uh, podcast but I got distracted by the website I was like oh meals or recipes it was like really yeah. good and really cool yeah. so
0: we'll <laughs> definitely include links to those
1: Absolutely. resources
0: that they've that they were flagged during the podcast um, and I think the strength of something like the Cancer Council and, and their campaigns like Lift Lighter is the support they do get from so many um, stakeholders in the community whether it be local government or s- grassroots sports or exactly. any of these places so we hope everyone enjoyed that chat and we will look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, where can people contact us, Courtney?
1: So you can email, email us at meaningofhealthoutlook.com uh, and you can also talk to us or tweet us on Twitter with the uh, handle of at uh, health means what. Yeah. So please contact us. We would love to get some emails and some uh tweets going and conversations and, and
0: if if there's enough support for us setting up a TikTok,
1: <laughs> oh <then> no <laughs> please
0: tweet, tweet us about that except
1: i'm not doing any of the dances no okay uh-uh. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll be i'll happily get dressed up as a vegetable if very good all
1: right yeah we'll get you on it craig <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway thanks everyone and we'll speak to you soon The Meaning of Health podcast is produced with the support of the School of Population and Global Health and the Education Enhancement Unit at the University of Western Australia. The podcast is produced by Craig Cumming and Courtney Webber with music by Craig Cumming.